2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly,
0: a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy
2: football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. It's a draft day edition. Brian Johnson, your excitement
1: level. Very excited. How excited are you to... After this podcast, you can, you've can you been talking to a microphone for, what, 48 straight Somebody hours? It feels that way, yes. About the draft? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> but it's excited to bring it all together, and this time I get to talk about this draft strictly from a fantasy perspective, yeah. which is great. That's what we love. That's what we're here for. Ten players, fantasy players, uh, taken in the in the first round of the draft, and we will recap all of them. Landing spots, where we think they're going to go, good, bad... They're not all good. Some, some of these spots were not ideal. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. You know, just not yeah. to tip my hand too a, much. A here.
1: couple couple head scratchers. Can, yes. can, can I vent real quick? Please. This must be at least the fifth year they've been doing like the primetime thing where round one is on Friday or Thursday. Yeah, round, that's, yeah,
0: at least that long.
1: I, I, with every year that passes, I miss the, the weekend draft a thon even more. Yeah. I love rolling out of bed. Right, just turning on ESPN at like eleven and just leaving it on for for, for for two straight days. I know. And, and like, really like the pre-internet days, like you could only rely on the the, the ticker at the bottom. That was it. Like, say you tune right. in like round four, you missed a couple rounds, and like I know I'd always tune in and like right when like the Giants pick would go by, and you're like ah, and you'd have to sit there and just watch yeah, the wait, ticker for and like, wait, <laughs> and wait, twenty yes. minutes before it went all the way through and back. But those. Those were the days, but of course, watching every second of this, it's great that it's finally happening. And,
0: yeah, uh, it's the drama. It's it's soap opera for sports fans, and it's uh, you know, I love it. And it's the culmination, 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 culmination. Thank you. Of no problem. Several months of of speculation by us and a year of work by these teams, and you know, it's when you learn how much effort the teams put into this. Um, one of our guests on my local radio show in KFAN was the longtime uh, director of college scouting for the Vikings, Scott Studwell. And he was saying, you know, every one of these drafts, we had, a th- we had profiles of 1,000 players. I'm like, there's only going to be 200 and whatever, 60 drafted. Well, we got 1,000. <laughs> like, sure, was it overkill? Always. But you never wanted to be in a position where, you know, your
1: general manager would come up and say, what about this guy? And that you have no answer. And they so, definitely drill in off the field stuff, and you know, like the movie Draft Day. Everyone knows, like the infamous, you know, like who went to uh, Bo Callahan's birthday party. That's probably not that far off in it, terms of yeah. the, the research they do.
0: Uh, the Will Levis slide. There was you know tons of drama. Um, I I I'm, I'm totally cool with that. It's obviously obviously word got out on Levis. There were plenty of teams
1: that needed quarterbacks that passed, and you know, there's there were there were concerns for sure. But we'll you'll, talk. You'll about go the guys early, you to early, early second round. There are some teams that. Should be drafting him. Tennessee, I, I believe, has the 11th pick in the second and round. The and Rams right. have like the third or fourth yeah, pick Rams in the second makes round. Yeah, Rams make sense. Yeah. Seattle, I think, yeah. is in the top 10. Of the Seattle's round.
0: 37. Yep. Um. Yeah. There are, Tennessee's
1: there are, in in that range too. Yep. I Tennessee, I so. mentioned.
0: Right. Um. Yeah, there are other teams. And, you know, if I were Atlanta, I'd be thinking about it,
1: but that's just me. But other people think Atlanta's set at quarterback forever. The real knock on Levis is the, the Mayo and the coffee, which I don't get that one.
0: I, guess I don't know the banana peel eating the banana. I peel. I did the
1: research. Hold on, let me pull this up really you quick. You did banana peel. I'm going research. to start putting banana peels in my smoothies. I'm not straight up eating the banana peel, but I'll put it. You'll few mix pieces. it into
0: a smoothie. It'll be all. It'll stringy. I'll, I'll chop
1: it up good. So you're straight from Google, so it has to be true. Yeah. banana peels are packed with polyphenol. Poly. Phenols.
0: Oh, that's what I need, some polyphenols. Carotenoids. my colon.
1: Carot- oh, carotenoids, that's probably not how you pronounce it, and other antioxidants that fight cancer-causing free radicals in your body. Eating more banana peels, especially green unripe peels, <laughs> can increase your <laughs> antioxidant <laughs> levels and help reduce your risk of cancer. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm
0: gonna to roll the dice on the cancer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can taste good. And that, the little, like, stem, that... No, this stems out on the way out. On the no, way out. Oh no, like, no, that's painful.
0: yeah, that that would not work but, uh, out. Let's go through these picks. Yeah, let's do it in order, the order they were selected. Uh, the least surprising selection of the entire night was
1: Carolina going Bryce Young. Yeah, supposedly. I mean, why didn't they announce? I feel like every draft in the last ten years if the of quarterbacks going first, even if it's a non quarterback, the team will announce it. And I, they bled the clock too. But, <laughs> the but that's the annoying part: is yeah.
0: why are they bleeding the clock? Why did they use the full ten minutes?
1: Well, I think ESPN makes them do that for uh, so they, they, they could have more well programming, be, advertising, all well like that. But uh, but yes, as expected, Bryce Young.
0: Um, so, from a fantasy perspective, uh, I think this is great news. I'm a Bryce Young believer. I do believe that Carolina nailed the best quarterback in this draft or the best prospect in this draft. Is he the best fantasy prospect? Well, no, because Anthony Richardson's upside is higher. We'll talk about him in a minute, of course. But what Bryce Young is going to do is deliver a very catchable ball to the weapons that he's got. Now, the weapons he's got right now are middling, but Bryce Young will, in time, have better weapons around him. And I, I think he's an extremely safe dynasty selection, fantasy use, and maybe a fringe starter this year. You know, once in a, you know, super a super flex starter often. Yeah, and re- no, but a one quarterback starter rarely. Yeah, this only year.
1: the only knock on him is his, he's a little undersized, but there have been a un, Millions, successful undersized yeah. quarterbacks yeah, have. in NFL history and yeah, in redraft for redraft purposes in one quarterback leagues. He's been going as quarterback 22. And that's not going to change a whole lot cuz people were basically expecting him to be yeah. drafted by Carolina. So not not the top backup fantasy quarterback I'm going to be targeting, but uh we'll see we'll see how it goes. I mean, Carolina like you said, they had some decent options for him to throw to. Uh, so, yeah, it was a safe pick. Not the sexiest, but uh, the safest pick.
0: For the uh, Houston put their big boy pants on and went with picks two and three. We care about C.J. Stroud, so let's talk that through. Um, Stroud is got a kind of a dearth of weapons. That part is going to be a complicating factor for him. Nico Collins, Robert Woods, Noah Brown. Uh Maybe John Michi will step up and end up, you know, having the kind of career that we, you know, we'd hope he'd have, uh, minus the leukemia. So that might be, you know, that might be a factor. Uh, but I just, you know, from a surroundings standpoint, I love what they're building in Houston. I don't know that that this is going to pay off in fantasy terms significantly
1: in the short term. Yeah, when they made the Stroud pick at, at, before they traded uh, up to three. They they held the twelfth pick and it seems like okay they're going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba yes. with the twelve with, yes uh, Stroud's teammate at Ohio State but that didn't happen so and by the way we don't have to talk re- you're tired of talking reality football or those angles but Houston gave up way too much
0: they did that to move yeah to move from twelve to three yeah the
1: Cardinals could have a first rounder a first rounder a second rounder and a third rounder come on the Cardinals could have the top two picks next year because Houston is not going to be that good yeah. uh, But but uh, Stroud. Put up amazing numbers in college, but he played on an amazing team at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're head and shoulders above every other team in college football. Uh, Good arm, not great. He's accurate, good pocket awareness. uh, But again, his pockets aren't going to be as clean in the NFL as they were at Ohio State. He's not really known for his mobility or his uh, ability to improvise under pressure, but he can improve on that. But uh, in terms of redraft and dynasty, he's a tick below... um, Bryce Young to me, just because of the weapons around him. Yeah, primarily, really, at least this year, Houston's got to yeah, they got to bolster that arsenal a little bit for for Stroud to really succeed. So, uh, he's going a little bit after Bryce Young and re- redraft leagues around QB twenty four. But um, but yeah, again, uh, Young Stroud the safer picks, the sexier pick is who we're going to talk about next.
0: Yeah, the next one up is Anthony Richardson, and this is this is my preferred fantasy quarterback because of the rushing upside that he gives you. And we all know that rushing quarterbacks are a cheat code in fantasy and you can win leagues with the right rushing quarterback. And Anthony Richardson gives you that upside. Now, obviously ultra ultra raw product who may not see the field for a long time this year. You know, not that Gardner Minshew is great, but he's, if you ask me who's starting week
1: one, I think there's at least a 50-50 chance it's Gardner Minshew. I think it's got to be Gardner Minshew. I mean, Richardson has started 13 college games. That's um, it. I mean, you, it doesn't matter how good of an athlete you are. Going into the NFL, I, I can't say from experience, but it's not easy <laughs> to play quarterback <laughs> in the a- NFL. Especially when you only played thirteen started 13 games in college as, right. as a quarterback. So, yeah, um, Richardson really... More, you know, he's the, the top dynasty target. If you're not drafting Bijan Robinson, whether you're in a one quarterback or super flex leagues, so where I think mm-hmm. Bijan is really going to go first in both formats, I think Richardson is the, is the second pick over, over Stroud and Young.
0: Yeah. Uh, big mind. arm. He could, you know, in time, if it turns out Richardson can pass, you know, his upside is the highest scoring fantasy quarterback in the league. That's the kind of upside Richardson could potentially give you. Uh, nobody else in this draft class has that kind of upside. Yeah, he's
1: uh, almost quite literally the most freakish athlete ever prospect. Yeah, at any position yeah. in NFL history, uh, Michael Pittman is a
0: legitimate target. Uh, Alec Pierce had some promising moments last year. After that, the the receiver talent uh, dries up. But I like the tight ends. Oh, yeah. You know,
1: you know, how I feel about Jelani Woods. He's a monster. He's bigger than the the offensive lineman we see in the hall. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's I like six eight, like two fifty. Yes. I love
0: my tight ends like that.
1: And then, yeah, like you said, Jonathan Taylor to hopefully keep uh, defensive uh, defenses honest. So, uh, but again, I'll be the, the Colts have to be out of it mathematically eliminated for him to see the field. In my opinion, but granted that might only take seven or eight weeks. I think odds are we'll see Richardson on the field. But I'm with you. I think they got to roll with Minshew. At least the first month, two months of the season.
0: The next player up, Atlanta drafted Bijan Robinson. There had been a lot of talk that this was a possibility. This was the highest realistic landing spot for Bijan, and he goes here. And for all the people like running backs can never go in the first, you know, shouldn't ever go in the first round. Well, you know, we had guys go at, at eight and twelve. So this is the first. And from a landing spot, it's fascinating because we know the Falcons want to run a lot, but everything they've ever shown us suggests they want to do it in a committee.
1: Yeah, and uh, Tyler Algier, over 1,000 yards last year as a fourth-round rookie, did great. But he's he's done, essentially, from a fantasy perspective. I mean, he's a, he's a handcuff uh, if, if you happen to have Bijan. But, yeah, Arthur Smith loves to run the ball. But, man, if you're drafting Bijan Robinson eighth overall, he better be getting 70-75% of the touches. And mm-hmm. uh, and that and that's carries and receiving. He's an elite receiver. Runs a full route tree. Um, and, and, and that NFC South is wide open. <laughs> so It is. Yeah. Falcons could win it as easily as anybody else. Yep, they have a good chance of getting in the tournament, the playoffs that is. So they better really use Bijan in a bell cow roller, the closest thing uh, you can to it. And again, Number one pick in most formats, Dynasty Leagues. And, and right now, even before the draft, he was going as RB4 yeah, on underdog. Yeah. And there's um, a
0: good landing spot.
1: And we, I think now he's going to get up in that RB2 range right after McCaffrey. He's going to challenge Jonathan Taylor and, and mm-hmm. Austin Eckler. People are sort of falling out of favor with him. But uh, Robinson was a threat to go to the Chargers. That didn't happen. So I think Eckler is a little safer than he was pre-draft. But, yeah, Bijan... Easily top three running back in redraft right now.
0: Atlanta had the second highest rushing play percentage behind only Chicago, but Chicago did it based on running their quarterback. The Falcons didn't. From a pure running back standpoint, Atlanta was number one. And that's why Bijan's got so, it's such a tantalizing opportunity. We know Arthur Smith wants to run the ball. And we also know that Bijan Robinson's a special back. What will be fascinating to find out is, does Arthur Smith, when given the talent that Bijan Robinson have, has go Derek Henry on the situation and really have and really crystallize on one player like Arthur Smith used to in Tennessee, or does he like to play around with a bunch of different running backs in a committee like he did the last couple of years, or was that just a product of the fact that nobody deserved all the carries?
1: Only time will tell, but I don't love this uh, from a Kyle Pitts perspective.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) you you don't love this from a Kyle Pitts perspective.
1: And this is my ongoing
0: concern with Kyle Pitts. And you didn't hear this. uh, We did a Fantasy Football Weekly micro. Tyler and I, Tyler, took your side of this. And my my main thing is it's not about whether Kyle Pitts is good or bad. He's in an offense that's never going to feature him. And this cements that
1: storyline, I believe. This this should... uh, you know, take some pressure off Pitts though, as long as he's not blocking <laughs> for, for B. John Robinson. But hopefully that's uh John o. Smith's job now.
0: Tyler Algier, pennies on the dollar in dynasty formats.
1: Pretty much. Uh Matt Matt Harrison, you know, our co host, he offered me um, Tyler Algier for I have the tenth pick in our Empire League draft. And I was like, I'm gonna see
0: yeah, well, I'll, I'll wait, wait this, this out, right. Because if you
1: recall, when we did running backs a couple weeks ago, DraftKings Sportsbook nailed it. They had, uh, the Falcons had the best odds. They were yeah. like plus 500 to draft Bijan. So I'm like, I'm not, uh, I'm not trading the 10th overall pick for uh, Bijan Robinson's likely backup.
0: Let's go to pick number 12. In a very surprising spot, Jameer Gibbs, who we love, ends up with Detroit. Now, Detroit, we just did a fantasy football micro on David Montgomery, and I picked that because I, with, with DeAndre Swift there, I didn't think they were likely to put an early pick into running back. So I thought we could pretty safely talk about Montgomery as the probable lead back and the probable goal line back, which he still is, because Jameer Gibbs is not that kind of player. Uh, but fascinating landing spot on an ascending offense, and man, Jameer Gibbs is exciting.
1: He is, uh, and supposedly if the Lions weren't able to trade down because they had the sixth pick, sixth pick, they were going to still take Gibbs. It yeah, says a lot. So yeah, the, and they could have
0: traded down again. By the way,
1: yeah, they loved, and no one was taking him anywhere no. near the no. <laughs> maybe not even the first round. I mean, no other running backs got taken in the first round. So I
0: don't. Know. I think Cincinnati would have taken him had yeah, he gotten possibly. all the way.
1: You know, had he slid all the way to wherever they were thirty. I think. So yeah. Um, yeah. Probably the biggest head-scratcher from round one, at least from a you know a fantasy perspective. Until they trade DeAndre Swift, which seems inevitable at this point, yeah. Detroit. And Gibbs will slide into that role. An elite receiver, and it's a great spot for him. Um, Jared Goff was 30th in average depth of target last year. But yeah, David Montgomery probably going to still get the goal line work. But mm-hmm. Gibbs is, was going around running back 17 before the draft, and I... Uh, you know, people might be scared until Swift gets traded, but, again, that's that's going to happen at some point, one would think. And I could see uh, Gibbs getting up in that top 12 range for running backs in PPR formats. Yeah, He'll can, have a lot I can, more value. I can,
0: too. I can, too. Uh, We're talking PPR, 80 gonna, catches,
1: I feel like, for, he, for Gibbs. He could have
0: 80 catches, mm-hmm. and he's so dynamic after the catch and so fast, he could score. You know, he's going to be one of these guys. He's going to score some 30, 40, 50-yard touchdowns. My worry on Gibbs is just inside the five, it's going to be Jamal Williams all over again with David Montgomery now, and that Gibbs is going to need to score those longer mm-hmm. touchdowns in order to get to the end zone. So he could have a very nice season, but sit at six touchdowns on the year for Jameer Gibbs is possible. Um, but special back, special talent, uh, would have been first running back taken in most drafts, just not this one because Bijan Robinson is a bonkers. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's dig into the remaining first round fantasy players. We'll start up with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who finds himself in a peculiar position. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Brian Johnson. Please follow us at Paul Charchian on Twitter at btxj is Brian on Twitter as well. Um,
1: we yeah, if fo- you were following me, I tweeted last week I was in Atlantic City making some future bets, and one of my favorite value bets was Seattle to win the NFC West. They were practically four to one. Oh, and after this draft, and especially this pick, we're going to talk about. Yeah. I, I haven't checked the odds, but I'm sure they've gone. How would you say gone down? Up. Up. Yeah, right. probably around two to one at this point. Yeah, they might the,
0: be They're two good, two interesting. Well, good, I think good picks in this draft. Yeah, the top um, wide receiver and the top cornerback. Right. on paper, that's that certainly helps. Jackson Smith and Jigba is somebody that we expected to go a lot earlier than pick twenty. But he finds himself now in a crowded set of receivers in which it may be difficult for him to distinguish himself. What are your thoughts on the fantasy prospects for him here?
1: Yeah, he's certainly going to have competition for targets with David. Uh, David. Why am I DK? I was going to say DJ. Ugh. DK Metcalf and <laughs> yes, Tyler Lockett. For sure. Um, big boon for Geno Smith, though.
3: <laughs> it really who is. he' yes, going
1: as a plethora his of targets. Quarterback 16, which was still. Late in my mind, because he was a Mm -hmm. borderline top five fantasy quarterback uh, last year, so huge for him. But, yeah, we expected JSN to go to the Texans or somewhere where he was a lock for 100-plus targets. He might not hit that threshold unless something were to happen to Metcalf or Lockett, but still have to like him uh, in this offense, which I've I've dubbed uh, the Legion of Zoom. No, I don't know if anyone oh, has beaten me to okay. that. Okay, all right. That
0: was, uh, that was the zoom just because they're fast. Yeah. yeah, all right. There's something to that. Zo- zoomy off. I kind of like that.
1: Um, But, yeah, in Jigba, not the fastest guy, but neither were Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, CD Lamb, A.J. Brown, who all ran four or five 40, So that doesn't matter in today's no, it,
0: NFL. No, it, 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 it's so overrated for receivers.
1: Yeah, size, it's, it's how well you run your routes mm-hmm. and how well you catch the ball, and that's what – Can you get open? Yeah, first and foremost. That's all that matters. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. but again, it's a, it, he's going to be competing for targets. So it's not an ideal spot for him from a fantasy perspective, but I'm bumping up uh, Gino. He's now in top 12 quarterback range to me. Getting What's him you- at quarterback 16, 17 and uh, if you're drafting mm-hmm. before the draft, huge value pick right now.
0: Uh, and that's a Gino finished probably top 10, mm-hmm. 10 round 10 of uh, last year. So, you know, now he just gains another another good weapon. At pick 21, the Los Angeles Chargers took Quentin Johnston, and this um this is a player that at, at one point people thought might be the first <laughs> receiver off the board, then a lot of a lot of people came in and didn't necessarily like him. He finds a landing spot in the Chargers in which he will probably have opportunities to produce right away. But in those rare scenarios where Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both healthy at
1: the same time, Quentin
0: Johnson could be in the backseat.
1: Definitely. And who's basically getting, uh, you know, he's riding in the bed of the truck now is Josh Palmer. His value, yeah, totally daggered. Dag- if you're like, dad, yeah, he's no longer really a, a late round option unless you're, you're stacking chargers uh, in <laughs> wow. big best ball tournaments. But uh, yeah, Quentin Johnson, we just said size doesn't matter as much anymore, but he's the one that has the, that prototypical X receiver size, mm-hmm. 6'4", 215. Got a little bit of like a, a body catch stigma surrounding yeah. him, yep. uh, something they'll need to work on, but it's not something that he can't improve on. But kind of like with Jackson Smith and Jigba, from a fantasy perspective, not ideal for him. He's going to be competing for targets, like you said, with Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams when healthy. Um, but just like with Geno Smith, not that Justin Herbert needed, you know, our love and adoration anymore, but it's, it's great <laughs> no, for him. He's going to be okay. Yeah. He's going to, this is a a boon for him as well, but, um, yeah, we'll see. I, but if something were to happen to Mike Williams, uh, and or, uh, Keenan Allen,
0: which something QJ, always does for those guys, right? They're, they're never healthy. QJ
1: could, uh, vault into top 15 overall wide receiver status. If, yeah. if, if he's those got guys missed a lot of time, yeah.
0: I could, I could see that as a possibility as a high end output. Um, but I think you know Keenan Allen is clearly at the end of what's going to be a borderline Hall of Fame career, and I feel like Quentin Johnson's ideally suited for those that have the patience for 2024, 2025, and beyond. Agreed. At pick 22, we had four straight wide receiver selections, which yeah. is unheard of. I don't think it's ever happened in the history of the draft. We had none until pick 20, and then we had four straight. Uh, the Vikings will tell you that the, as the fourth, they this was not; they were not the. The, Jordan Addison was not the fourth guy on their list. Who went third was Zay Flowers, the wide receiver from Boston College to Baltimore. This was probably the most easy to identify wide receiver landing spot
1: in the draft. Yeah, again, well, size doesn't. He doesn't have size, but that's not as as big a deal as it was in the past. A great route runner, great hands. He's very fast. Mm-hmm. People are calling him the next Steve Smith, including Steve Smith himself. Yeah, it says a lot. Steve yeah. Smith loves him. And
0: now Steve, the original Steve Smith, not the Zay Flowers version, at one point punched a teammate teammate's face in. The teammate I'll had to get that. total facial reconstruction. I would like to think Zay Flowers won't do that.
1: I don't think so. Probably not. And uh, what, a, what a 24 hours, really, for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who you we still weren't sure if he right. was going to be a Raven, but right. he signs, and, you know, they got Odell Beckham, not in the, within the last 24 hours, but a week or two ago. Giraffe say flowers. You know, Rashad Bateman comes back healthy. They got Mark Andrews. We love J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. UOC, Art Munkin, you know, loves to air it out. The The Ravens, just like that, one of the – did I get? Did I get Art Munken? <laughs> Art Munk. not Art Monk. <laughs> Todd Munkin. Munkin, yeah. <laughs> I love that you call him
0: Art Munkin. I know. I knew I was going to get awesome. it wrong.
1: I don't have any notes on this. So I'm going. it's <laughs> fantastic that you you pulled the ghost of Art
0: Munk out of out of your subconscious. Want to know know why?
1: <laughs> yeah. I I've <laughs> sort of told the story how I used to go to Jets games like as, as in, in elementary school stepfather was friends with Pat Kerwin, who we talked about. He used to be in the front. Yeah, we love, of, but, we love Pat, but blah, blah, blah. When Art Monk was on the jets. I was at the game where at the time he set the record for most consecutive games with a catch. Just oh, one okay. catch. Yeah. And I'm sure that's been, this is like 1993 when this happened. So I've kind of always <laughs> remembered Art Monk for that. I, know, I, I was like, I'm just going to, I was am like, not sure this thing. I'm just going to go for it. And I failed miserably. So thanks for, <laughs> thanks for
0: it. Todd. Monken, I was going to let Todd. it, I was going to let it go. Uh, Art had a long, long career. He's in the Hall of Fame. um, But he had one of those careers where it was more about how long the career was than necessarily just, like, how good the career was. Because he was always a good receiver. Dude played 16 years at wideout. I
1: mean, you know. That's so why it was like the That's least crazy. least exciting record that he broke at the times. Like most games with a catch, yeah, like a catch, yeah. you know,
2: like, <laughs> a catch
0: in like every game, right? Um, you know, most years Art Monk was getting you like eight hundred yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, you know, he just he was he was never a reliable fantasy producer. And I know this because I was playing fantasy at the near at the end parts of his career, and I would even started Fantasy Football Weekly Magazine when he was still. You know, 1993 is our first was our very first issue we were ranking Art Monk back then when he was still a member of the Washington then Redskins. So, yeah, going way back with Art Monk. But I'm glad you did that because that was a fun so. fun journey back through uh back through Art Monk. Anyway, where were we? We were talking about the Ravens, we were talking about Odell Beckham, Rashad Beckman, Beck- Bateman, and now Zay Flowers here. I uh, I believe Zay Flowers has the is going to emerge as as a, a very big part of this offense he's a, he's a true slot receiver and I don't know that he's ever going to be 100 catch style slot receiver but I think he's going I think he's going to be a, fa- a reliable fantasy producer who you're going to be flexing from from time to time and in the right spots he'll absolutely be startable I don't know that he'll overtake Rashad Bateman as sort of the, the go-to alpha and I don't think Odell Beckman Beckin, Beckham is even in this conversation. Especially not long term.
1: Yeah, yeah. I he could very well be washed. We gotta wait and see. I think he's washed.
0: Okay, let's go to uh, pick twenty three. The Minnesota Vikings, Jordan Addison, Uh, fascinating landing spot. Did not expect the Vikings to go offense here, but it puts him in a spot where he goes to a very strong offense, but will always be second fiddle to Justin Jefferson, and you know he'll never carry this offense. But the other side of that is Jordan Addison. For as long as he and Justin Jefferson are together, and Jefferson's going to get a new deal, he's going to be here through all of Jordan Addison's rookie deal with the Vikings in all probability, Jordan Addison will never see double coverage a snap of his career.
1: No, definitely not. And you've you've talked about the uh, real-life implications uh, of this pick extensively, so we won't, we won't go there. From a fantasy perspective, I love it for Addison. It's a great offense. Like you said, you'll see a ton of single coverage and mm-hmm. a high-octane offense. So I, I'm in on him there, and it's going to help – uh, Kirk Cousins of course uh pretty pretty similar to Zay Flowers you know not not a huge guy but he's fast yep. great route runner and um yeah he's going to he's going to start he can line up outside in the slot and Correct. Uh, he'll start uh from day 1 uh you would expect so uh yeah fantasy wise great landing spot for him I, I, i'll break it down from reality i don't think it was the right pick for the Vikings i think they should have went Levis or uh defense if they're trying to win now but that's not what this show is about but uh, yeah for for fancy purposes, a great spot for Addison.
0: You hit on a couple of key things with Addison. I'm just gonna uh, uh, amplify a couple of those. number okay. one, I talked to uh, I talked to the Vikings head coach uh, Kevin O'Connell this morning. About Jordan Addison and the usage and he confirmed that he's not just a slot receiver you're going to see a lot of you know because he is on the thinner side and a little shorter side and because he did play a lot of slot at USC and Pitt there's you know there are some people who are pigeonholing him as a slot receiver he will not be a slot receiver only he will be lined up all over the field that is how the Vikings always have used a lot of their players and that's the, the belief that that's going to be the case with Addison here what Kevin O'Connell kept coming back to, and, and General Manager uh, Kwasi, uh Adolfo-Mensa also said what they love about Addison is he gets himself open, the great route running and the separation ability, and he doesn't have blazing speed, but if you can get open, you don't need the blazing speed because you are open. Uh, they threw to him at and near the line of scrimmage a lot, and I think in PPR you're going to get a lot of cheap, easy points on shorter bubble screens, shorter slant passes, and then just let him run and see what happens. I don't believe, you know, with Justin Jefferson there, it caps his upside, fantasy upside
1: for Jordan Addison. So you don't think it was a a, a, – because it was the end of the wide receiver run you referenced. It almost felt like a fantasy football pick where it's like everyone's taking receivers. We better take one now. Uh,
0: The way Kevin O'Connell explained it, it didn't sound like – it sounded like Jordan Addison was way higher up their list.
1: Yeah. But they also bled the clock to the very end. <laughs> they <laughs> they did. They wanted a little to trade suspect down. if you're
0: if he was the guy. Let's go to the final pick of the first round that has fantasy direct fantasy relevance, and that was the Buffalo Bills moving up to get tight end Dalton Kincaid, which I found to be a little bit interesting. Um, in part because you know the the Bills had managed a pretty solid year out of the tight end position anyway, and so I you know. I didn't necessarily see that as a as a tight end landing spot. I don't know. I mean, I and I'm a little bit worried that you know we're going to see plenty of Dawson Knox at least in the short term.
1: Yeah, the, you know, the, the Kincaid though is he's really a slot wide receiver. He's not your blocking mm. tight end. He's yeah. he's kind of like your. I'm not going to say he's the next Travis Kelsey, but he's kind of like your Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts type player. Fast, athletic, great hands, can win 50-50 balls. He could really. He could very well be the second leading receiver beyond Stephon Diggs in Buffalo this, this year. year. I mean, he's going he's gonna to play the slot, essentially. I, the, think, you,
0: I think there's some truth to that. He's so, he is so slender of build for a tight end. The guy he reminds me of is Isaiah Likely. I mean, if you look at Isaiah Likely, you're like, is that a big wide receiver or is that a little tight end? Mm-hmm. And I, Dalton Kincaid's got that kind of build to him.
1: It certainly doesn't bode well for Dawson Knox, but it doesn't hurt him as much as... I think you're still going to get what you're really going to get from Dawson Knox, yeah. which is kind of just a red you zone You need threat. a touchdown, yeah. But there is certainly another threat now in Dalton Kincaid in the red zone, uh, at least from Dawson no- Knox's uh, perspective. But I am so appreciative that Buffalo jumped Dallas because Dallas was most likely going to take Kincaid. At least people thought so. Yeah. And i been, I, I, had, I had him going there. I've been drafting Jake Ferguson all winter in the last round.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, right. now,
1: now, and, now, and now, it looks good. Jake Ferguson' season is alive. Yeah, and until well. Darnell Washington
0: ends up there. Yeah, I am in love with Darnell Washington. He is,
1: but he's much more raw than uh, Kincaid or Michael. No. Michael Meyer. Yeah. Um. But we'll, well, there's still some tight ends that need to be drafted in rounds two and three. But that was that was the first big, uh, you know, landmine that uh jake ferguson avoided
0: i got to talk to uh lewis seen the vikings first round draft pick how's from he doing georgia. by the way he's doing great he's gonna be ready uh, yeah he is he's he's, al- he's already ready He's like, I'm, I'm basically ready to go now nice uh and i asked him about actually he brought up darnell washington to me and then i'm like oh i'll i'll take the ball and run with it here uh and man he loves him they call him the big o at big georgia because i think he was i think he played i think his number was zero so, I think that was why they called him the big O, but he's just gigantic. Yeah, he's I like lo- a Jelani
1: Woods type. He is.
0: He is a Jelani like, Woods. Rob Gronkowski might be a little faster. I, I love that. You'd like how I shifted the conversation to my guy, Darnell Washington. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, though, uh, Buffalo, long term, I love the landing spot for him because he's coupled with a great young quarterback who's got a relatively young quarterback who's got a cannon arm, and Kincaid can get downfield. They Utah threw to him downfield all the time. He's going to have some big downfield scene catches as early as this year. And I I think Kincaid's got an extremely promising long-term uh, career ahead of him, and it's going to be a, a significant fantasy contributor here in Buffalo.
1: This matters not now, and uh, Kincaid in a, in a better spot than Kyle Pitts in terms of uh, the offense he plays for or sure. will play for, but uh, I saw randomly. I forget who tweeted it, so I can't attribute uh, him. But uh, Kyle Pitts is eleven months younger than Dalton. Kincaid. Wow, <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> if, he's Dalton years. Kincaid's a
0: fifth-year senior. Yeah, so. yeah, yep. So that that does not necessarily surprise me here. Um, and you talked him being a stand-up tight end. It's a great point because he's not a good blocker, but I just think they're not going to ask him to block. No, you know you don't draft he's, you don't draft Dalton Kincaid and go say, well, great, you're an inline blocker now because that's just not what he's good at. So big slot
1: is what they're calling it. He's going to play the big, big slot. slot? Yeah. yeah,
0: I like it. Uh, thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. Full recap of the first round. We will hit on key players from the rest of the draft in next week's Fantasy Football Weekly.
1: So many left. So many, many backs, left. wide yeah. receivers, yes. tight yes. Yep. and Will Levis.
0: And Will Levis, wherever he ends up, just give and, me your one. Give me your pick where he where he goes. What team? I don't need the spot. Just tell me the team team that he goes to.
1: Do Do the Vikings have the ammo to move up and take no. him? Yeah, I don't think nope. so. I, I'll
0: just off and the even top if he of my was head. there in the third round, the Vikings have too many other needs.
1: I'll go Rams, who I believe have. And we're recording this on Friday, so the second round yeah. hasn't happened. Of course, as of right now, have the fifth pick in the second round, or fourth or fifth pick. I'll go with the Rams who. Need a quarterback. I'll go Tennessee. Okay. All right. Uh, I can thanks. It. I could Th- see it both happening.
0: I could too. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, we'll be back next week, including some fantasy football weekly micro editions on Monday through Thursday, then the full uh, show on Friday next week as well. Talk to you soon, everyone. Bye bye. Fantasy football weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.